episode of the Route 77 podcast. In this episode, we're diving into the subject of spiritual disciplines and exploring their significance in our walk with God. Our discussion will range from introspection and confession to prayer to fasting and other disciplines designed to bring us closer to God. This is more than just ticking boxes. It's about personal growth and deepening our relationship with God. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfortable, and join us on this journey of faith. Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. I am your host, Natasha. I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And today I was hoping that we could talk about spiritual discipline because we brought it up in the last podcast about how to, when you're self-improvement and growing and trying to create like a more godly person. I, I think we've talked little bits and pieces throughout our podcast. Yeah, I've heard about the active and the abiding part, not yep. doing these things. And then, But then people might be going like, what are spiritual disciplines? Because what are some that you can think of off the top of your head, Monique? Prayer. Prayer. Yeah. Bible reading. Church. David? <laughs> what do you think? Yes, church. Um, you've been, like, like Natasha, you guys have other jobs and stuff that kind of take you away. So I sit in the pew by myself. <laughs> I'll be there to fund me. And I'll be upstairs in the production room. So I'll uh, be in a few by myself. I'll be in the few by <laughs> Oh, no. So, yeah, I think a lot of people would think, like, right off the top of your head is going to be, like, prayer and Bible reading. Yep. And, like, maybe people might throw in fasting because they think it's something that you should do. And most people haven't done it, but it's something they, they've heard of. Yeah. And that oh. one is the one that I'm most curious to get into. Yes, because... Fasting allows you to develop a lot of discipline. Yes. So we want to cover even more more things than that, but cover those included. But it'd be interesting because we call it a discipline. It's not just like a an activity or a spiritual progression or something because it's not in here. It's not inherent. No, we don't do these things. It's not natural to our no. personhood. No. So... We talk about this, it's like we it was asking Chad GPT to describe it, to define spiritual disciplines or discipline. And in the context of spiritual discipline, the word combines these meanings, referring to a self-imposed set of practices aimed at spiritual growth and mastery over oneself in accordance with the teachings and values of a religious or spiritual tradition. Kind of like a quasi religious sounding quasi-religiously sounding definition yeah because there is like this idea behind it like it's all us that's doing everything yes yeah yeah you've got to you've got to figuratively whip yourself into shape yeah. <laughs> yeah. pull up those bootstraps and yep get yourself yep put on your big boy pants yes all these different <laughs> words and sayings and stuff that we and yet it's very focused on her big girl pants, big girl pants, <laughs> Whatever, yeah, wherever you want to look at it. But I think with a spiritual discipline, like anything in the Christian faith, it's got to be married with, with God. So probably the most effective person of God in this will be the Holy Spirit. So as much as we want to say things like, I can just do this. If I just do this, if I just do this, if I just do this, then it's basically, you're just centered on oneself. And yeah. you're, I'm centered on myself. I'm just, I can do this. I don't need any help. If I just follow 
I'm sure you can X, find Y Z. Yeah, I'm sure you can find online many websites to give you like tips tips on how to create good habits and but a discipline I think is more than a habit. Yeah. And you don't want it to become a chore. No. But habits can happen like without thinking about it and they can be good things. Yeah. But I don't think a habit it's not like necessarily done for an a good reason. It's just, it may be done in a good reason. I'm a habit of getting up early because I have to go to work. So you're, even when you're off, you get up because your body's in that habit, but you're not doing it to develop yourself as a person. No. And then on those one days that you have a day off because you're so used to getting up at a certain time, your body will wake you up anyways. And then you have it. And if you're like me and a morning person, then you may just snuggle back down into the bed and not get up anyway. Go back to sleep. Yes. The alarms. Yes. Many alarms, many snoozes. Yep. And so it's not really changing, even if you can get into good habits. We definitely can get into bad habits really easily. Yes, really easy. Like reading until all hours of the night when, you know, you have to get up in a couple of hours. Biting my fingernails. That's a really bad habit. I don't even think about it and I'm doing it. Yep. And my poor, whenever I go get my nails done at a manicure's place, they always look at me like, okay, but they don't say anything. But they're, what happens? How do I make these look nice? I'm just like, don't worry, it's not your fault. No, let's go back to our topic. So bad habits and good habits, but we're talking about disciplines. So I think it's also like a purposeful in a sense that you're trying to gain an end outcome. And I think with the disciplines, like your end outcome is like that we are trying to become more like Christ. So there's a purpose behind it, not just because I'm being made to by my job to get up early. If it was up to me, I wouldn't. That's the wrong attitude for this. Let's talk about the first major discipline that most Christians get into when they first become a Christian. Or if you're raised as a Christian, is that you go to church usually on Sunday. So that's the first thing I think as a Christian we should get into the habit of doing is to spend time in in your church with people of God, because that's where you get your encouragement. That's where you can find your mentors. That's where you can find friends. Yeah, exactly. And one, we're told to do it. Yeah. It says, do not forsake the fellowship. So we're told to meet together. Yes. And watching it online isn't the same thing. No, it's a good, it's good for, say, if you're bed bound, sick, or some other reason you can't attend it there it's nice to have that option because many people in the past would just miss it and that's when the pastors would try to visit and yeah and stuff but they would just miss any sort of fellowship but this but it can also lead to lethargy and going because i'm pretty much getting the same thing i'm just in my pajamas with a cup of coffee right i can lay on the couch and cuddle my dog and just watch half and if I fall asleep, nobody's going to know that I get pressed or I a little bit later. So then, or, and it's not just the same. You could go and fall asleep on the pew and sit in the back corner and no one would know. Because it feels really awkward. I fall asleep in church and everybody's going, she's snoring. I did snore once. It was then we were doing the Bible study one. In the nighttime, we did a Bible study instead of a church, like a sermon. But I, it was a long day. And I was saying the pew and the video was on and my dad's poking me like, there's no, I'm like, oh, please wake up. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I was fell asleep. And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> so note to self, get lots of sleep before going to church. Take a compliment, yes. have your coffee, one or the other. But the, it's not just about like making sure you stay awake. It's about, it's about 
being there to be taught yep and being around other people who are like-minded yep and then creating like a fellowship so when we I mean, we used to have a fellowship meal at church. We call it a fellowship meal. We have a potluck once a month. That doesn't mean we all sit there and the pastor's having a sermon while we're eating the food. No, it means that we're connecting with one another as a family. Yeah. Yeah. And we're creating relationships and like communities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Community. We're breaking bread together. Yeah. There's something about eating together. Some churches are too big to do to that on a on a monthly basis. We do it. Like I think twice a year. Yeah, you have we have the, uh, the summer kickoff or the, the you fall know, kickoff. Fall kickoff. Yeah. yeah, and it's good. But there's always like coffee and time to snacks yep. and people yep. get. And there are other families who can invite people over. Don't neglect the people who are in your midst. If you've got room at your table, invite people over to have fellowship with as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just. It can happen just in the church, but it's, this can also be like small groups during the week, Bible yep. studies, life groups, life groups, youth groups. groups, singles ministry, like any type of ministry. It's where you're connecting and creating, like David said, a community. Yeah. yeah. Where you get yeah. to know each other and you get to study together, you get to pray together. That's you saying, David. It's our ability to engage. We have to be engaging with other believers as well. So when we bring people to the church, our primary goal is to not so much have them listen to sermons. It's to get them surrounded by other believers so that we, they can see what exactly Christ is doing with everyone, how he builds the communities and stuff. And this is where you find people for encouragement, accountability, support, where you're supposed to share your burdens. It's this is this should be the place where where your safe place to be vulnerable. Uh, Not every church is, unfortunately. No, but that's why it's important to choose wisely. And don't just walk into a church and say, this is where I'm going to stay or assume that because it says church on the outside of the building that they are a church. Yeah, that has the fault. The the safe place. You got to spend some time there and you can't get to know people without spending time with them. Yeah. Because there are many places that call themselves a church, but have nothing to do with God or Christ or the Holy Spirit or anything like that. Yeah. So you do have to be wise and get to know what their mission statement is. And you can't just you can't get to know a church just by watching some sermons on television, the television or the internet. You can get an idea of what their belief system is. Yep. But you can't get to understand them as a culture, as mm-hmm. as a community without actually. Being there in person. So choose wisely. Yes. So how about prayer? I like prayer. As a person who never went to church, I always thought prayer was going to be a very difficult thing for me to do. But when somebody says, just consider it as talking to God. And when I first was, okay, so I'm sitting there kind of, who am I talking to? So I put a chair out and I imagined God or Christ sitting in the chair and I'm talking to him. I'm just like, I talk to you and I'm just like, I just spilling it all out. And after a while, it's just like, well, that was cool. Or sometimes I would just, if I walk around, sometimes they just, and sometimes I just, and another thing. Next thing I know, an hour's gone by. Wow, I had a lot to say, apparently. <laughs> sometimes I think that's what it means when it says pray without ceasing is that it's just an open communication. That's, yep. It's not like when you say amen, that's, that's it. You've, you've hung up the phone. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I said amen, and then I ended up realizing I'm still praying. 
but I find myself more venting to God than sometimes when I'm praying. I, and in a way, that's a good thing too. Right. Just to have some someone to vent to. Yeah. yeah. And God is a fantastic candidate. Oh yeah, he's, he's got, got big shoulders. Big shoulders. Oh, shoulders. He's, he's got fantastic. big shoulders. He's got the whole world in his hands. I'm pretty sure our little things are. Yeah, I can handle them. Like, I got it. And I was really bad. I've been really in the past. I've been very bad at keeping an actual. I don't want to say formal prayer, but actually like purposely taking the time to pray without distractions was very rare. It was usually just in moments of frustration or sorrow or something where I'd be talking to it. It would be very, or even thankfulness at times, but it would just be like quick bursts of thank you, Lord, or why this? Or just to create like an actual purposeful time. Yeah, it should be a always prayer kind of lines always open. But I think there should be times too. Like if it's interesting, we talked to our little kids in the Taekwondo about how you show respect. And we say, if your mom or dad is talking to you and you're rolling around, chewing on your belt, playing with your toys, do they really think that you're focusing on them or on what's going on? And then, or what if you sit there, but you don't actually make eye contact? Or if you don't actually say yes, mom, or no, mom, like that you understand. So do we take that time to show God the respect that we're actually sitting there, focused, not doing stuff with their hands and busyness, and and just take that time to have a conversation with God? Yeah. So, So what would that look like, though? Because a lot of prayer is around asking for God for something, praying for someone else. So what would actually praying to God without any of these concerns look like? I think you'd have those concerns, but I think it's more not just throwing it into your schedule for, okay, I've got 30 seconds, quick, let's say my prayer. Like actually spending some purposeful time to, and we sometimes forget when we pray, like we pray for things or about people, but we forget to to incorporate all the parts of the prayer, which is like the adoration and the thanksgiving. Yeah, the worship. And the confession part of our prayers. Prayer is supposed to be about worship. So prayer is a worship to God. So even if you come to God to pray, acknowledging who he is and what he stands for, as Heather taught me this, where you start the prayer focused on God first, who he is, what he's done, how much he means to not just to yourself, but to the world, the things that he has created. Finding words of adoration for God first. That's like in the Lord's Prayer, the first part. And then going into the things that are needs, things for our friends and our family, people who are sick, give us this day our daily bread. Again, in the Lord's Prayer. There are some times, and the Bible says this too, be still and know that I am God. So sometimes you come to God in prayer. I really don't have anything to say, but Lord, I just want you just to administer. There's sometimes where you're just in a place where you're sometimes usually in sorrow or some sort of pain where you just have nothing. Yeah. But to just be purposeful about like even bringing that nothing to God. I had somebody give me a challenge once to see how long I could sit still without a thought and just focus on God. Just That's like moving into our meditation. Yes. But I think prayer and prayer meditation, meditation together. together. Yeah. Yeah. 
So did that answer your question, David, or? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because I think it's good to talk about something like meditation. Yeah. Because, and it's not, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's different than what we have, like the idea that, like the general concept of it. Yeah. But with the meditation, there's this thing I've liked to do in the past called floating. And it's where you're in a sensory deprivation chamber, essentially, where it's, and you're floating on highly salinated water. So you cannot sink, you'll float no matter what. And you can choose to have light and music, but they generally recommend that you have no light, no music. So you're in this chamber or like... Void. Yeah, it's just this thing. It's not bad. It's like very open. It's not, I don't know, claustrophobic. Unless it's this is unless you're claustrophobic. Unless yeah. you're claustrophobic. But like I said, you can have the light if you want. But to be there, you're lying. You have no sense of pressure on your body. The temperature in the water and outside of the water is identical. So you don't feel where the water ends and air begins. You don't feel that delineation. There's no sound other than what you happen to make with the water. And there's no light should you choose so. And the, in this floating one that I was doing here in Abbotsford, theirs was an hour and a half sessions. So they were saying it takes you about 15 to 20 minutes for your body to actually like wind down from all the constant stimulation that is used to receiving before you can really take in the solitude that's there. I really like that experience. Like sometimes, yeah, you do fall asleep because it's very comfortable, but it's just like a lot of thinking and or a lot of not thinking. And that when you talk about that, verse that says be still and know that i am god it was like just i thought about that a lot for the first couple of times that i did it like did that you? section and i have it i like to maybe this kind of goes in with bible study as well one pastor one time said to take even like a small phrase like that and say it but each time enunciate a different word so be still no and no one i am know that i am god so think about what does it mean to be and then be still and know that i am god and then be still and so you're doing two things and then be still and know that I am God. It's just like you actually think about it. You just say the same few words you say over and over again, but then you actually emphasize a different word each time, work your way through it. And it actually really amplifies what it is it means. That's pretty cool. I've done that quite often with like small sections of the Bible. It almost sounds like we need to do that again. So that idea like meditation where you like, yeah, sometimes you are thinking in meditation, I believe. Yep. But there is a sign that's the idea what you're saying, like where can you just not think in the sense of not enter your mind into another plane of existence. But <laughs> it's just Keep your mind in your head. Yeah. Just but imagine that you're like a receiver in a sense, mm -hmm. like you're waiting for something to be brought to you. Can you keep yourself open? Yeah. Because we talk a lot. We do. And, and we fill ourselves with stimulation. Yes, we do. And how do we know that maybe God might have something to say to us? I remember the one time when my daughter was in the hospital with the severe pancreatitis and the doctors kept telling us to be prepared that she might die because it was that bad. And my daughter has special needs. And I remember driving down because Children's Hospital is in Vancouver and I was driving down Oak Street. And I was praying and crying. And there was a moment there was a lull in there. And I clearly hear, heard God say, I saved her once. I will save her again. And I just went, because I knew what that meant. Because this wasn't the first time that her life was in jeopardy. Yeah. So I, I remember 
that my feeling of absolute shock and because it was not in my head it was and i'm just like what was that who said that who's in my car and i don't hear voices okay just letting y'all know that and so i just went lord if that was you who spoke then i pray that amber will be able to come out of the hospital for her birthday now her birthday's in september and this was july june end of june beginning of july and i didn't tell anybody i kept it to myself because i didn't know if i was crazy and sometimes you don't know if you hear something that you want to hear exactly but a couple of weeks later amber turned a corner and all of a sudden the pancreatitis started getting better all the tubes that she was in started coming out she started eating and she went home two weeks before her birthday nice and I, and the doctors are saying if she gets better, she's probably going to have a whole bunch of operations because the pancreatitis was so bad. It was probably going to eat all of her insides up and she will probably be in the hospital until Christmas. And they were still going, we don't know what happened. This isn't this. She didn't have, she didn't have to have one operation and she was home in the beginning of September. Well, like we, you see, unless you're in those moments, like you won't, how many times, what does it say? Like a few times in the Bible where you know, or the prophet could hear the, the storm or the, yep. the loud thunder the, and the and, wind, but, but he was not in any of those. He nope. was in the quiet wind and yep. that because, still, quiet, still voice. Yeah, it's still quiet. And it's, we have a tendency, like I said, especially in this day and age where we have a entertainment cube in our pockets. You mean this thing? <laughs> <laughs> These phones, which can be good, used as good, but we have something to distract us to keep us from seeking because solitude and meditation can go together, meditation and prayer, Bible. It's all these are like intermingled. Yep. And solitude is something that as a, as a humankind, we have a hard time with. Yep. In a sense, like some people are introverts, like I am, like we like our alone time. But all of our alone time, we fill up with things that we enjoy doing in that alone time. Yeah. Very, we're reading a book or again, it can be as bad as playing video games and watching TV, but you could be reading a book or. You're filling it up. You don't just sit and find somewhere and just sit for five minutes. Nope. Like start with five minutes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a long time. on your yard, in your yard, on a blanket after I've cut the grass. W warning, if you're laying down, you're going to fall asleep after 20 minutes. You might fall asleep. You might fall asleep. <laughs> but even if it's, if it's a nice sunny day, if you're one of those, you've got, maybe you've got a, a lawn chair or yeah. a hammock or something that you can just admire the creation and just contemplate what God has done in this world, what he has created. Because I think a lot of times we take for granted when we take a look at creation, we don't realize just exactly what God has really done. And to think about all of that kind of, and it can, it knows your mind, right? Oh my God. Yeah, it takes. It can take our like existence and our problems and those things, and really realize like what big God we have. Yes, because yeah. when we start to contemplate. Like I think that can go with silence and solitude is is one of the disciplines, mm -hmm. and you can take that with contemplation. No, no. Like I think there's thinking. There's thinking. Like you're thinking, okay, I've got to get this done. I hope this does. Hope this silence and solitude doesn't take too long because I got to do this and that and the other thing. 
Or they're <laughs> just say that at the same time. <laughs> Never. We're nothing alike. <laughs> nothing. But like, how many times do we actually give ourselves the, that's why I said, start with five minutes and just be like, I'm here for five minutes. Just here. You know what I like when I like to do it? When I'm in my car, I will play the worship songs. Sing to God. See, it's not silent. See, no, that's a worship like, time, which is, is good, which is another good thing. But it's the silence and solitude. We have a hard time. We have a hard time being silent. silent. And see, if we are silent, we want to fill it up even with cake. I'll be silent when I'm walking. Now you're walking. You're thinking about walking. And where am I walking? And I'm going up there. This is a big hill. Or so don't bump into that drape, right? There's a dog. Oh, George. That's the dog. Yeah, that's not as much silence and solitude. So, yeah, you might be able to get it if you go out somewhere and it's just you in a field. But even then, you might, it might just be more about what you're doing than actually the actual discipline. Because you're still trying to fill it up with, give yourself something to do so it doesn't feel like you're sitting there. I like going to the ocean, going to the ocean shore and just, here, just hearing and just uh just like the ambiance yeah but yeah. yeah so there's trying yeah. to why do you do any of these david i can walk i don't have to worry about any sensory stuff so i can walk all i need is a light cane and blindfold and i'm good to go, <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> if you ever want to walk blindfolded with no sensory i could teach you how to navigate <laughs> yeah so there's all these different ways that we can start developing those and it's not like how you try it one time and if it doesn't work then oh that's it i can't do this discipline try it again and or try it in a different way there's no it, the bible doesn't tell us like this is how you must do prayer this is how you must do worship this is how you must do it says to do these things and they give some indications of what ways they should be done but not so prescribed like it was in the old testament if you look at the old testament like every single movement of the priests was like very detailed and specific that they had to do it a very detailed way that sacrifices to be brought were very specific how they were to be brought and when they were to be brought and for one when and how is so specified what trumpets were supposed to play when and when they did this and we've been given a lot of freedom as and on the in this since the new testament through christ to do these things in other ways one thing that we don't talk about a lot when it comes to disciplines is confession and i don't mean like Catholic church confession, which can be a good thing in a way that is that they're actually like telling you to think, look inward and be like, hey, wait wait a minute, what's in my life? And I don't think, and sometimes they do, I think it can be done as more of a superstition and sometimes not because this is just what we're supposed to do. And that can become that way in our prayers and stuff too. In Protestants, we can just be like, oh God, forgive us our sins. Like we don't actually think about it. So while we're doing our, all of these things, prayer, Bible reading, like silence and solitude we can actually be lurking within and it's easier to say god forgive us our sins when we don't actually identify them within ourselves too specifically a lot of times i do it right after i've done it oh i can't believe lord forgive me yeah <laughs> i can't believe i did that again i can't I really sorry and it's just stupid human being they do what i don't want to do and i don't do what i want to do like, yeah yeah all those. Thank you, Paul, because yes, we can relate. <laughs> but we said it. So, sometimes it, the Bible does say to confess your sins one to another as well. Yeah. But a lot of times I think we just do generic. Lord, forgive me for whatever sins I committed today. Yeah. Or we'll even be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I was prideful or something. But you don't actually say in what and how and maybe how you'll 
like what you can do to yeah. there's some things that you can do in your own life you can't overcome sin by yourself but there's some things i think god expects you to do your part within it and you can change or remove from your life so confession is actually not just being like god forgive my sins it's just but you specific. have to be, be truly repentant though yeah. because and it's one of the things i don't want to knock the catholic church because my dad was my dad's catholic and a lot of my family members are catholic but the thing about the confession to the priest is that a lot of times they use that as a get out of jail free card yeah. so that they can go out and do the same thing all over again because i've confessed it i've done my Hail Marys and my our fathers are counted my beads and now I'm good to do whatever I want again. Yeah. Because that's not what confession is. No, and I don't think originally that was what it was meant to be with the not. Catholic Church. But a lot of times when any religion becomes just a, a way of like tradition, then the the reason, the purpose behind it gets lost and yeah. the meaning it has for you as a person is just becomes a, a just a routine. Yeah. Yeah. Something yep. you're supposed to do. Yeah. And Confession has to be. Confession should be. Part, yeah. And, yes. and to do that, you need to actually stop and be introspective. Yeah. And it's, you got to be able to look in yourself and yeah. ask God to help and, highlight and these. And putting yourself in a little box so that you never sin again is not the answer. Either. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't nope. work. It didn't work for Martin Luther. Nope. <laughs> not going to work for anybody. But, but thankfully, we have God's grace. Because his strength is made manifest in our weakness. And Jesus' so, sacrifice, yeah. his forgiveness for the times that we fail. Yeah. Times and times again. Yeah. Yeah. Seven times, 70, isn't that? We should We're, forgive. Per, <laughs> in a day. So if you don't know how much that is, it's not the amount. It's the total it, perfection. Yeah. Yeah. It's the meaning behind it. It's like it, it doesn't matter if it's seven times or 70 times seven. If you are repentant. No matter how many times in a day. Yeah. There's a one of the Psalms talks about how he puts our spin as far as east from west yeah. is distant. Yeah. And it's uh, like an interesting way of putting it and how. Because the east and the west will never meet. <laughs> no. So it's just that far that they put. So. Yeah. Yeah. so we've talked about a lot of things. We've mentioned Bible reading, but we haven't actually talked about Bible reading. Bible reading. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a, like a, a most commonly thought of one. And yet. In my life, neglected. yes, my life, it was very neglected. Same with mine. And it's, and I lamented that. Let me tell you. As, and there's many times I tried to, yeah. to start and it wouldn't last long. Yeah. And accountability really helped us get, get yeah. it become a, it's just like passion. Time for, time for emotions. Yeah. It's getting late. I'm tired. Devotion. Where it could have just been as easily before. Oh, I'm tired. It won't be worth doing tonight because I won't be able to focus. Yeah. And then when there's another person involved, then it changes. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, David? Reading the Bible is something that I do not regularly, but when I do read the Bible, I have to actually set aside time to do it. Because when I start, I always know I can't finish until I finish this book. There's no way. When I start listening or reading the Bible, I, I get I get I get really <laughs> I get really into it, right? Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's like when I finish reading the book, it's like now I want to, I want to pray, I want to meditate on this, and I want to reflect on this. Yeah. So there's always for me, there's I, for me, I come to realize that if I don't, if I realize, oh, I got five or six hours at this time, if I read, then I can do everything, right? 
Or if I just, oh, I really want to reflect or read the Bible now, but I only have half an hour and I got to find something small or break it down. But I really enjoy that portion. I really enjoy incorporating all of these things into reading the Bible. And for meditation, that's usually what I do instead of just blank. It's, it's as I meditate on God's word. You do yours through audio or do you read as well? Both. 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 Yeah. So if I'm doing something that I would normally listen to a book that I've already read so that because then I can think. And then if I haven't read a book in a long time, then I would actually sit down and read it. Because that way I'm more engaged when I read it. And then if, say, I read Job like a week ago, but I feel like I want to read Job again, but I'm too busy and I can multitask and then I listen to Job. Because I've already read it once, so then I can just quickly, I guess, in a sense. but Get your brain flowing with it. Yeah. So reading plans. You can get reading plans anywhere and everywhere nowadays. We're doing the Bible in a Year one through Big Bible at Gateway. But they, we're also thinking next year to do one that's like chronological, reading the Bible in chronological order. Yep. And so that we get to understand how, how things, it happens. Yeah. And so just finding different ways to read the Bible through. You can be like, oh, I read it through six times. That's great. That's phenomenal. But maybe the next time, re- find a reading plan that just changes it up a little bit. So that when it's nuanced, is just a little bit different. So yeah. you get a new perspective. perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's been pretty cool because since we've started doing that, we've come quite far. We've gone through so many books now. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Oh, we're starting a new book. Oh, we're starting a new book. Oh, it's another new book. Wow. How did, how did this happen? I don't think I have ever, aside from Genesis and Exodus, Deuteronomy, Psalms. And the um, gospel probably. I've read through the full, I've read through the entire New Testament that I have done. But with the Old Testament, I haven't read that much of it. This is the most I have read through of the Old Testament that we've done now. Yeah. Because like Genesis, one of my favorite books, I've read it all. Exodus, I've read it all. It's much easier to read the histories than it is to read yes. the prophets. But I have read bits and pieces from the prophets, the Psalms. Although 119 is really hard to read because it's very long. We'll see how that one goes in the main plan. We're not there yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. Uh, Song of Solomon was was a really good read as well. Yes. And what's that? What's that one? That the one we just talked about it in church. The one, the guy who married prostitute, Hosea. Hosea. Was that Hosea? That's what I thought, but I was like, no, it can't be Hosea. Was his name something else? No. No, who's that? <laughs> I've got all these names in my head because we've been reading many names. <laughs> I can't keep them all straight anymore. So yeah, so many ways to develop these disciplines, even with baby steps. Like everything yeah. start with baby steps. Don't just be like, I'm going to do and then take out this huge chunk. And then when for some reason that you don't do it for that day or whatever, or you're like, I'm a failure. I cannot do this. It's not my calling, whatever you are. So, no, if we're called to these things. There's many verses in the Bible that calls us to prayer, to study, to meditating, to fasting, to worshiping. All these things are in the Bible that we should do, but it's we have to, with the work of the Holy Spirit, be intentional about developing them. And if you start small, like I said, five minutes sitting on your lawn, no phone, no books, no music, start with five minutes. Set a timer. Set a timer. Wind in the trees. And... Then, I'm surprised how fast five minutes goes by. Yeah, and if it, even if it doesn't at first, if you practice that, it does go by fast. And then you can be like, hey, I'm ready to do eight minutes. I'm ready to do 10 minutes. And you develop these things. Again, these are 
disciplines. These are things you need to develop over time. They are just 100% automatic. Yeah. You become a Christian, these things just happen. Nope, that's not how it works. Mentioned another thing that we haven't touched on yet, but except for mention, and that's fasting. Yeah. That one, that one, I have a lot of questions about that a lot one. Of questions? Yes, a lot of questions about that. Because you hear about it from a lot of people who say, oh, it's Lent. So I am fasting from chocolate or I'm fasting from coffee. And I'm going, is that really what that means? And I haven't done like a real deep study on it. I think generally it has to do with food, fasting from with food. That's my understanding. And during that time that you're fasting, like it's a time of prayer and a time of petition for a specific thing. And you're trying to develop that, like you're depriving the physical for the spiritual. And even while well, I guess it even talks about in the New Testament, I believe when it talks about that a husband and wife should not abstain from sex unless it's for a specified time for a specific purpose, it's that you're, you're both in agreement on it. It's like a fast where you're depriving yourselves of that. Yeah. But for a specified time and for a reason, and you're both in agreement. So it can be other things, but I think it needs to be more than just like something that would be an inconvenience. Oh, I don't get my copy this week. How shall I survive? Like it's just, <laughs> then you're just grumpy for a week. Is that, <laughs> or have you worked when you're such a headache? Oh my gosh. <laughs> my coffee. Don't like I them. find the food one very difficult because of migraines and stuff. Because if I don't keep my blood sugar up, then I can get migraines. I can get nerve pain. I can, so some things are more difficult than other people can do that. They can yeah. go for a fast and be fine. Yeah. yeah. And have can... you done fasting, David? Food's also very hard for me. <laughs> do fasting but no i don't that's probably something that's something i need to work on not something i should something i need to work on because fast any kind of fasting for me is very it was always very difficult yeah i could even say what if i put down okay the phone for the actual phone using it for phone related things like somebody calling me okay but other than that put my phone down put my video games down put my tv down like how hard would that be for a week for me, it would be difficult because I'd be like going through and withdrawal. I'd be like, this, okay, what am I supposed to do with my stuff? But that's the point is it's not about trying to fill up the time. So it would be about trying to, it's about taking what that time and devoting it to something of mostly it's like prayer and because usually it comes with prayer and fasting. Yeah. The two things usually go together. So it's, and I don't think you generally fast for the sake of fasting as opposed to like you're doing it for specific purpose of prayer or some because there's that weight loss fasting yeah where you do was so it much eight or something yeah like, like you eat for eight hours and you're off for 16 hours this, but this one is i remember my parents fasting when there was this marriage that was going through deep trouble in in our community and my parents are praying and fasting and so that was the thing because it was like there was something happened where she the mother had basically taken the kids and run off and there was this big thing and so they were fasting and praying. It wasn't just so they could say they fasted. It's, it's they were devoting the time to prayer. Yeah, the serious. This was serious thing to pray about. But if you're, but if you're doing that, if you're into that, where you're specifically praying for a certain situation, you know you're going to be praying for a time, and you're fasting for that. You would normally not have any of your electronics going, anyways, because. You have determined to devote that time exactly. to that kind of thing. So as I'm saying, you could say you're going to like 
it's, put away the stuff. But Lent and I'm going to leave my phone yeah. at home every day. It's like then it's for um, not really for the purpose that you're. It, it, yeah, you can say it's Lent and I'm going to do this fasting, but for what purpose? Yeah. Just because it's Lent and I can say I did it yeah. or because you're going to devote that time to the other disciplines. Right. Yeah. So it has to be. So fasting has to be for a purpose and not just for some selfish like the Pharisees going out and praying on the streets, like you're <laughs> yeah. going around going with a little like blinky light over your head going, fasting here, fasting, I'm on my Instagram, on my TikTok, I'm fasting. Look at me fasting. I'm, I'm like, just, yeah. <laughs> as I'm taking a selfie of me fasting, that's not, the, not, that's not the point, that's not the point of fasting. <laughs> no, it's, it, if you're doing it for Lent, you're giving up, say you're giving up everything for sugar, you're doing that for your health. That's, Still, it's still so different too, right? But what we're talking about is fasting for a spiritual discipline. Yeah. For praying for a specific situation that requires total concentration and total obedience to God. Yeah. I'm throwing things out here. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I think it's true. Like it's, it's, I think it's a time to dedicate to developing some of the other disciplines. So it can be anything from like, the confessions being introspective yeah. to prayer for something that's like weighing heavily. Maybe it's praying finding for those things to pray for that's heavily. Yeah. You could take that time and pray, go and be like, I'm going to pray for the persecuted church and take the time that you're fasting and of food or whatever it is that you're fasting from and dedicate yourself to learning more and praying specifically about something that you don't know much about at the moment or something. This is an example. Yeah, an example. Yeah. And if you say you've got a, like a friend or a family member who is sick, you can dedicate time to fasting and praying for their health. If you have a sin that is not letting you go, something that you are so ashamed of having that you can't, you, it's even hard for you to even Think about telling anybody else about it. Fasting and praying to for God to help you in that. That may require a lot of time in praying and fasting just to get just to pray for something like that. And yeah, and one thing to be important: the reason you're fasting is not to try to manipulate God or to manipulate or, or to starve yourself to or to starve yourself manipulate outward. It's about saying that the here and now, the physical here and now. Is, is not, is not as, important. as important as something else that you're going to be yeah. dealing with and you're willing to. Yeah. Lord, I'm willing to fast and pray in order to get this. And we're not looking for our fasting badge for our, our girl guide sash. I got like 12 hours of fasting badge. It's just, <laughs> it's about so much more. Yeah. And these disciplines are so much more than, yeah, you got your prayer badge, you got your confession badge, you got your Bible reading badge. To do it for this sort of, you think that God has this little like check, check box and I can like little like it's like window testing where you check off things. Oh, she did her fasting, she did her praying, she passes, and then she only gets a yellow stripe. She gets a yellow stripe. She gets her next belt in the Christian faith. Like that. But we have a tendency to feel like that. It's like, well, I've done this. I've done this. Yeah, but why did you do it? Yeah. There there is a purpose behind doing these disciplines. And it's not so that you can get the pat on the back or the or that that special badge or whatever. It's to develop your relationship with God. Exactly. 
because he wants so much to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much that he died for you. How much more can we give him? And we tend to hoard our time. Yeah, our time and energy. Yeah. And our food. And our food. Mine food. My My food. Mine. Need my food. So these are just some of the things that we talked about. Anything to add to this, David, to this discussion? Yeah, I like what you guys were saying about drawing closer to God and that this isn't something you do as an obligation. Like, you shouldn't be fasting based on some obligation or have some kind of motivation to it. It should be a sincere desire to grow closer with God. Jesus spoke about this, actually, fasting in, in the Sermon on the Mount. He also mentioned that his disciples didn't fast while Jesus was present with them. So in a way, fasting is a way to build patience mm-hmm. for the coming of Christ. Right. As um, his disciples didn't have to have that kind of patience because Christ was there. God was there. And I think it's very important to be able to understand that we need to separate ourselves from worldly desires, which yeah. fasting is an incredible tool that Jesus taught us to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like this idea of you can only give me a checklist of things to do. Yeah. Like, how do I see like with my master's program, we have, I always refer back to it, like what is required for me to get my master's this course? And I'm always going back and okay, what do I have left? What is so we like those things. Yeah. Checklist, we can just be like, okay, when I do this, I'll have that discipline. That's not really how it works. <laughs> really as as much as we would like it to do that. Yeah. Because it's about more about the heart than it is about anything. Yeah. Yeah. And our heart should always be number one for Christ. Exactly. Yeah. And he gives us the Holy Spirit, will not let us down. He will teach us about all things concerning Christ. So there's, it's not like you're left on your own. No, exactly. Okay, I think that's it for today's podcast. I don't think I have anything else. You have nothing else, David? No. Nope. Oh, we're good? We're good. Okay, then. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at root77ministries at gmail.com. That's R-O-U-T-E 77ministries at gmail.com. And we hope that you'll join us here next time. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye for now. Bye-bye. that's a wrap on today's conversation about spiritual disciplines. We hope that our discussion has shed light on the broader perspective of these disciplines beyond just obligations and routines. From introspection to fasting, each discipline has its own unique role in enriching our spiritual journey and bringing us closer to God. Thank you for joining us and sharing this time with us. We hope it's been as enriching for you as it has been for us. We'd love to hear from you so please feel free to reach out with any thoughts or questions you may have. Until next time, live your single life to its fullest.